Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Believe in Navy Football podcast. I'm Bill Wagner, your host, longtime reporter with the Capital Gazette newspapers and the Baltimore Sun covering Navy athletics, and I've been on the Navy football beat for about 28 years now. And I am joined by former Navy football stars Eric Catani and Keenan Reynolds, two of the most outstanding offensive players of the triple option era. Fellas, we're talking the Navy-Houston game. Saturday night at TDECU Stadium in Houston, uh, Navy came out looking good. Played a very good first half, both sides of the ball. Uh, got up by 17-7 to score at halftime. Very encouraging. And then in the second half, while the defense did continue to play well, the offense uh, went into a little bit of a lull. In my view, the opening three possessions of the second half were the uh, decisive element of the game. Navy went three and out on its first two possessions, and then on the third, a QB center exchange was muffed, fumble at the 26-yard line. Houston went right in. So Houston used that that little offensive law by Navy to score 21 answered points, and Houston ends up winning 28-20. to 20. Um, Let's throw it over to Eric first. What happened in the Houston game? A tale of two halves is a absolutely 100% what you're talking about. Navy played a very, very solid game until three minutes and 30 seconds into the third. After that, you know, the quick score, the immediate turnover uh, with the, you know, center quarterback exchange. And then I watched again, this game could have changed out so many ways. Even if you look into the fourth quarter with two minutes and 32 seconds left, the pass to Ward, if you would have caught that pass, that's a 27-28 game. And then if you go for two, it's 28-28. That's a tied game. That changes up the whole dynamics of the entire, you know, what we're talking about. Because then we go possibly overtime, possibly, you know, you know, win the game in that aspect. And then, you know, like we said last week during the podcast, if you win, winning wins all, cures all. And then we're not talking about this right now. So it was very, very um, a great game to watch to see. The quarterback moved the ball, you know, you know, we had more yards and, you know, the first drive than we had all, you know, versus last week versus Air Force. Um, and defense played a really good job. But, again, the key that kind of opened up is the special team's mistake. You know, he was one of the best power turners, you know, in FBS history last year. Um, and for us to punt to him directly and not have the hang time and not have, you know, the coverage down the field spread out throughout – you know, that could be a coaching error. Say, hey, this guy's one of the best. Our defenses are playing really well. How about we just kick it out of bounds? Let's, let's just have a long ball. Let's put it on a 30, have our team come back and play that game. So, you know, this is a tale two halves. I'm, I'm really impressed in how Navy played. Quarterback play was a lot better. Fullback play was a ton better. They still need to run their pads down. They're, they're still running upright. They need to get, you know, moving and make those extra plays and, you know, finally break that secondary level. And wait, I'm waiting for those one, one or two – um, you know, fullbacks to make that big play. So that's what I got. Keenan, were you encouraged coming off by what you saw in this assessment, tail of two halves, and Navy played one good half of football? The game is four quarters. As as we talked about last week, you know, I said that I wanted to see, like, uh, some improvement as far as, like, from Air Force to this week. And I definitely think that we, we saw that. Um, obviously, to Eric's point, you know, you have some critical plays, drop passes, special teams bust for the third game in a row, I think, where we've had critical special teams issues. Um, so I think we got to take a really, really hard look at, you know, what are we doing on that, on those teams? Who do we have on those teams? Do we need to start giving different people opportunities? 
um, that otherwise weren't getting opportunities because where we are right now is is costing us games. You know, block punts, punt returns for touchdowns. I mean, those are backbreaking plays. No matter how good you're playing, and and especially on the road against a tough team, you're never gonna. It's really hard to overcome that those those kind of things. Um, I think as far as quarterback play is concerned, I thought it was uh, marketably better in the first half. But again, to my point, it's a four quarter game. And so I, I still don't think I've seen somebody just take the job, like just take it. I, I've yet to see that um, flashes, certainly saw flashes. Right. But, you know, I, me and Chris were talking before we started and I told him, I was like, I'm just getting real, you know, A.B. Garrett Lewis vibes right now where we don't really have like an identity. You know, we don't trust the starter in those critical passes situations. So you bring a guy in who hasn't played the whole game and say, can you go win this game for us? I mean, that's it's just not going to work in my that doesn't work. I don't there's not too many that have been able to to do that. And so to expect that is uh, a bit of a it's tough on a guy to come off yeah. the bench and and ask and then you ask me to just make a bunch of plays to win the game. I mean that's Keenan, that reminded me of like, you know, what you just said was the uh Alabama national championship game with the guys, you know, Heisman Trophy winner and you know with the Dolphins right now. So it's a complete different you know, player right there to do that. But you could be yeah. right with that nature. Right. I mean it it, it ain't it ain't it's up. not a, and I mean the same thing happened with it on the on the reverse with um with Jalen Hurts, he came in and and yep, saved 100%. Him, you know yep. what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's, it's certain cats that can do that, but it's not it's not universal. But yeah. I mean, even if I was looking at too, like you know, scoring 17 points, we can't win scoring 17 points. We're, we need to score 20 and above because our yeah. offense, you know, we're not capable of you know that fourth quarter comeback like that. That's tough. Well, you know, I, I think probably the, the most critical backbreaking play is fumbling the snap on the first play. I mean, the, first of all, the snap is the first thing that you do every spring, uh, fall camp, um, and and to fumble it, it just I was like, you know, these are these are critical score. Situ- yeah, and then yeah. the pressure hits, and then that play flips over. That's so. I was watching the game, and there's two scores were two short fields. We gave them to them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, defense was, was playing. Yeah, defense was playing well. You know, some of the play calls, you know, left in the fourth quarter of the defense, you know, having, you know, three down linemen and yeah, six I, minutes I, left. I they, 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 about that too. Yeah, they ran the ball for three minutes straight, just boom, 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 eight they yards. Ran, they ran the same yards, draw play. Oh, they ran the I, same draw I, play I was, the entire game. <laughs> I was saying the same thing. I'm like, we got to get those guys in the box. Then we got the guys in the box. I was reading, I'm like, that's going to happen next. They're going to throw a pass over the middle, done. So it's tough. Yeah, I think, you know, it comes down to something that we've talked about on this on this podcast multiple times. Make a At some point, you're just going to have to say one on one matchups. Who's going to win? Mono e mono. Right. So all Dana Holgerson was doing toward the end of that game was running the, the delayed draw play. He was getting eight to ten yards eight a yard because we're dropping eight, rushing three. The only way you stop a draw is if you if you just completely bull rush the center or whoever your interior tackles are. Uh, can can get a lot of penetration and make it difficult to find lanes. But when you're in rush lanes, I mean, that's optimal draw scenarios. Defense alignment and rush lanes create a lot of gaps. Running back has this pick of the litter. Where do I want to go? And then once you get in the space, now it's let's try to gang tackle. But by the time guys get out of their drops to make a play, you know, that's seven yards. And I'll take that all day on, a, on an inside draw play. 
So special six months left in by exactly. So eventually we did, you know, come and bring the house, and we made a you know big stop to give our offense a chance to to even you know go down and potentially try to tie this thing. But yeah, you know, we had to yeah. another drop pass by a, a senior player. I word man, if he if he catches that, that's a touchdown. He, I mean, he had a lot of running room. He had a ton. Of, he, a he was ahead. Play. He was in front. Safety was safety was on the I think left hash. I was watching it. He had a ton of room to get there. Let's say he gets out of the thirty or twenty. That's different game. For sure. I mean, those yeah. those are the plays you have to make. You want to win games against teams like Houston. You want to compete against the big dogs, quote unquote. You have to make those plays. Where it's just like. Do it. You know what I'm saying? I can't you can't coach it. I can't tell you to put your hands a different way. Like you just gotta go out and make a play. You done made the catch a bunch of times. And then and then we're not again, I don't I want to make it clear we're not like personally attacking chance. I like chance, love chance, no, not great at all. leader. Um, but you know, because of who he is, I'm gonna hold him to a high standard. You know what I'm saying? I, I demand more of him uh because of who he is, because of his position as a captain, as a senior, as a leader on that team. He's got to be the one to step up and make those plays. And he wants to. That's the thing. That's why you're captain the team. And you're, you're, that's you, right? Everybody wants that. From what I could tell, I think he got big eyes when he looked upfield and saw all that running room and he forgot to catch the ball. But yeah. that would have been a huge play because Masai did make a very, very good throw outside, led him perfectly. If he catches it, he is heading upfield and did have a lot of running room. A couple things I'll mention real quick. Uh, we did – a Zoom press conference with Coach Diamatololo and Xavier Arline today, and some interesting things came up. First of all, I asked about the long punt return because, you know, Joe, that guy was untouched. I mean, he did not – and no one laid a glove on him. And when I went and looked at the replay, the entire right side of the field was wide open. And I asked Coach Diamatololo, how does that happen I mean, some guys must have been way out of their lanes. Well, he said it was a directional punt, which they do, and they he kicked it the wrong direction. So they had set up the coverage on the what looking from the punter's view on the right hand side of the field, and instead he kicked it to the left. left. So yeah. then all of a sudden, well, he, the, I get that, but you either adjust though, you know, the punter's. Well, that's what he said. Everybody had to adjust their lanes as, on the fly, running downfield yeah. to try to. But but that's what he blamed it on a, a poor okay. directional punt. Hey, that that that, that happens in football. I, I don't know about you, Eric, but I remember running down on punt. I would always try to take a peek at the ball as I'm running. I know they don't, they tell you not to look at the ball. They tell you oh. to find a returner. Um, but, I had a story about that actually. Not good. <laughs> I, used to, I, I used to. I used to. I was a PP <laughs> on punt. So when I when I ran down, I'd take a peek up, find the ball, and then keep it moving. Yeah, what well, two stories, and they both. Uh, freshman year I was on you know punt and you know I did take a peek a look at the ball and then I looked down and then um my feet were above my head and 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 I got absolutely crushed I mean like the crowd all I heard is crowd I was upside down and all I heard the crowd goes ooh (laughs) the the best part was though I was didn't even know what happened I popped up and then the guy was still like juking like eight people. I actually made the tackle back and tackled him. <laughs> but that, after that, Coach Munkin was, you know, the coach at the time. He, go, he yelled at me. He goes, I told you not to do that. He goes, I don't want to tell your parents your neck's broken. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, Coach. I almost did break my neck. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
Another interesting thing, which uh, I'll talk to Keenan about, um, the opening drive was beautiful. I mean, three great play calls. Xavier picks up five yards on first down on a little inside run, and then they pitch to uh, Carlino Sacy. He gains 16 yards. They tack on a 15-yard horse collar penalty, and then Xavier takes a option keeper 40 yards for the touchdown. He does not get touched. Um we found out today when talking to Xavier, in case any of the fans out there don't think Ivan Jasper knows what he's doing, Ivan Jasper called that play during practice last week. He had seen something the Houston linebackers were doing, and he told Xavier, if you run this play right and if we block it right, it's going to be a touchdown. So I think Ivan Jasper does kind of know what he's talking about. Um, but uh, And it also means, you know, Navy fans see – an option keeper, and they think it's the same play. But clearly, Navy blocked it differently. That's why Ivan knew it was going to be a touchdown, because he knew, based off what the linebackers were doing, if they blocked it a certain way, nobody was going to lay a glove on on Xavier. But talk about that opening drive, Keenan. And then there was two other really nice drives, and I'll have Eric weigh in, because those featured the fullbacks, you know, rattling off four- and five-yard gains, which is Navy football. And they held the ball for 13, 14 plays, a uh, you know, long time of possession. It looked like Navy football. But, Keenan, what did you see on that opening play in the 40-yard run that Xavier broke? That is that is Navy football execution at its finest. I mean, when you execute, when you block it right, and you're in the right play, good things happen. Those are the three rules that I live by. Those are the three rules that Coach Jasper and Coach Niamat, like drilled into my head. Get us in the right play get the ball to the right person, take care of the ball. You do those three things and we we block it up right, it's really, really hard to stop. And I think we saw that first drive. Um, and to your point about Coach Jasper knowing what he's talking about, I think anybody that has even a semblance of a clue of what actually goes on uh, in option football knows that Coach Jasper is the real deal. And uh, with, with, without belaboring a point, just responding to what you said there, Bill. So – I'm not surprised that he made that call. I can name, I can think of a lot of situations that we've made adjustments or call plays or like, hey, this is going to be a touchdown if we execute it. And sure enough, touchdown. So, you know, I think that uh, to see that was a really good sign, especially coming out on the road after all the crap that that team had been through um, to, to put a drive like that together. I think it was a statement drive, but, you know, you can't just do it one time. You have to do it every time. And so I think that's the next phase. We've we've gotten past not being able to move the ball, and we've, we've shown that we can do it against good teams, clearly. We did it against Houston on the road. So now the next phase is let's do it for four quarters. I think as we built those blocks, I think this team's going to be all right. Um, I think we got – it's a tough schedule, and you know I don't want to look ahead too much, but – I think if they can put the pieces together completely, you know, because it's first half, we're clicking on both sides of the ball and we saw what happened. Second half defense is still hanging on, but we're not clicking on special teams. We're not clicking on offense. We see what happens. When We could put together four quarters of complete ball. I think we'll see what this Navy team is really, really about and what they are capable of. But the challenge is putting it all together and not just doing it for a quarter or doing it for three and a half quarters or doing it for 58 minutes. You got to do it for 60 minutes. So Eric, did it warm your heart? That one drive where Isaac Ruos and James Harris were alternating 
picking up four yards here, five yards there, eight yards. I mean, that was a fullback drive. And my favorite play was fourth and one. They give it to Harris, and he breaks a 13-yard gain in which he he literally ran over a defender. This guy, he just ran right over him. That that looked like Adam, Adam Ballard, Eric Katani, Kyle Eckel time uh, on that one. That did. He, uh, he looked really good, especially in that play. He, he hugged the, the tackle tight. They all came down, held the tackle tight, saved the camera top. Wasn't expecting him there that fast and just ran right through him. Right through two guys, I think, at the end of the play. Uh, but that was kind of a great thing. And to, you know, to tag on what Keenan was saying is, you know, the outcome is you know, we lost, right? But there's always the growing pains that happen. And the things that I think would completely just change the record is red zone conversions. If we can if we can convert in the red zone versus Marshall, that's a win. And with this game, special teams, if we don't give it that touchdown, that quick seven points, that is a possible easy win with the, you know, you know, not easy win, but you know, easier win versus Houston. So the outcome is yeah, we, we are 0 and 3, but we are growing towards, you know, winning, hopefully soon. And you know, hopefully with the schedule coming up that the teams aren't ready for Navy and they're still sleeping on Navy. Um, hopefully that we could, you know, make a good uh, outcome next week. So, Chris, um, I already checked, and Navy is a 15-and-a-half-point underdog to Central Florida on Saturday. Um, even though Central Florida's star quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, who is the son of Garrett Gabriel, who was the starting quarterback at Hawaii, and Coach Niamat always used to say, I should have been the star. And meanwhile, Garrett Gabriel was like one of the best quarterbacks in Hawaii history. But – his son, Dylan, is an outstanding quarterback at Central Florida now, and he get, he broke his clavicle, and they're going to roll with a true freshman. But nonetheless, Navy's a 15.5-point underdog, which gives me an opportunity to talk about our sponsor, Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are ready for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to our website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers, offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Now, guys, before we get back to talking about the Houston game, I will mention that I received a text from our intrepid producer, Chris Cervello, toward the end saying that he needed Houston to run out the clock and not score because he had the under and he was on it. But if Houston had scored again, he would have lost. So, Chris, you you made you made the money, didn't you? I did. I picked Navy. I took Navy in the points, and I took the under uh, on Bet Online, and uh, I, I reaped the benefits. <laughs> Very good. So, Keenan, here's another subject that came up today during our interview with Xavier Arline um, and Coach Nia Matalolo. Coach Nia Matalolo said there were some missed pass opportunities, guys wide open down the field. Um, Xavier finished three of six passing for. Uh, he completed three of six passes for 83 yards. The long was a 37-yarder to Michael Cooper, which, by the way, if he'd let him, it would have been a touchdown. But all's well that ends well because Navy scored anyway. 
But um, coach talked about missed opportunities in which Xavier did not get rid of the ball. He held it and, and or threw it away. But um, Xavier said when he, we talked to him on his press conference that he needs to start doing more pre-snap reads. And he mentioned that I'm not the tallest guy in the world. And it did occur to me as I was watching him during the game, he's only about he's five nine in uh, tall shoes, <laughs> and he he looks like he has trouble seeing over the line of scrimmage with the big offensive and defensive linemen. How do you correct that problem? But basically, they're saying he didn't see guys wide open down the field, did not make the throw, and big plays that could have been had were lost. So you know he, he can't grow. Uh... You know that he's he's as tall as he's gonna be, right? So there's that. Um, but I I did see at least one play um, where I saw a guy. They were running this crossing route. Navy was, and they were killing Houston with it. And we and the funny part about it was we were running the same type of play, just a little pick crossing route when I was there, and we we had guys running wide open too. Um, I mean, I think he, where he can't help himself, he did make a good point about. Uh, pre-snap reads like you should have an idea based on you have to think about it like okay what it what why are we calling this play you don't just get up to the line of scrimmage and run the play like you have to go through your mind what are we trying to accomplish with this play who is who are we trying to get open on this pass play we're trying to get x open or we're trying to get z open whatever when you know that then you come to the line and as you begin to process what the defense is doing, there's like maybe one or two keys that in our offense that'll tell you where to go with the ball. So, for example, a very common play that we run is, uh, you know, some a vertical like play action verticals. And there's like one player that you look at and if he has the wrong angle, you know exactly where the ball is supposed to go before you even get to the top of your drop. So I think, you know, I, and he could be having these type of thoughts in his head, but if not, I think that the only way to remedy the, 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 the problem with not being able to see quote unquote, is you need to know exactly where you're going with the ball and you need to know who you're trying to get open based on what you're looking for. Um, you're not always going to see everything like a six, six guy, but you know, there are throwing lanes. There are places for you to kind of see guys coming open. And sometimes you just got to trust it and let it go. So I think what's happening is, if he can't really see the whole field, but he sees his guy, he's not sure if there's somebody waiting on him. You know what I'm saying? I've been in those situations where you kind of hold him to the ball and you don't know if you want to let it go. But more often than not, to be honest with you, if I saw a guy coming, I thought he was open and I didn't think anybody else was over there, I let it go. <laughs> and a lot of, I'd say 99% of the time, I didn't throw it right to a defender. So in those situations. So I think that uh, he's just going to have to trust the, trust the scheme trust what his what his eyes are seeing because if if you're looking at your keys and you see your keys telling you I need to go here with the ball trust it let it go and that's really the only thing you can do unless navy decides they want to put messiah in every time they run play action but people will pick up on that one pretty quick so well I'll tell you one other thing Ty Lavatai dressed and he did warm up but it turns out he was not available only if it was an emergency but now they say Ty is 100% and Coach Niamatololo said the competition for the starting quarterback job resumes this week. So we're three games down going into the fourth game, and Navy still is not sure who the starting quarterback is. No one has seized the day. That's um, Ty was yeah, well, Ty was the starter in the opener and he got hurt. So I feel like they they think he shouldn't lose his job due to injury. 
But let's move on to the defense. I have uh, Eric weigh in on that. What Navy did, the game plan on Saturday was to keep everything in front of them. They didn't throw the ball over their head. Said that Houston has killed them in the last two games. Brian Newberry said this defensive coordinator said Houston has killed them with big plays. So they were determined not to give up the big play. Um, so they went with this uh, interesting defensive alignment, three safeties. They took the guy that's normally a striker, Johnny Marshall, and put him back in a safety. So they had Taylor Robinson, John Marshall, and Kevin Brennan as deep safeties. It's almost like a cordon, basically saying, you are not going to throw the ball over our head. And they didn't. Clayton Toon kept trying to take shots downfield. And the for the most part, the receivers were well covered. But that was the game plan. But that's also why that draw was so open. And Navy did not bring a lot of pressure. They blitzed one time, and you saw what happened. The only time they brought all-out blitz was when they completed the 47-yard touchdown pass to the speedster Jones. And it's a shame because Diego Bogo nailed quarterback Clayton Toon at the end of that play. It was just a split second after he got the ball off, and that was just a busted coverage. Um, Taylor Robinson just got caught flat-footed, and Jones walked right past him. But defensively, I mean, you like you said, Eric, take away two short fields, a 26-yard drive and a 43-yard drive due to short fields. That's two touchdowns and a touchdown off of a punt return. And Navy defense gives up eight points. I mean, so you know, defensively, what was your take? Did you think the defense played well? Or, I mean, Coach did say it wore down a little bit in the second half because obviously – Navy offense wasn't doing much. Defense was having to go back out on the field after three and out. Yeah, yeah. I think, well, I think what Navy offense total what one ninety five yards rushing uh, in a time possession, you know, was, was not the best. But for defense, you know, with that scheme that he had in play, that works one hundred percent perfect because they're up seventeen points. You know, that is you know for the past two weeks, you know, coach knows that the offense is not. So let's have this defensive scheme that's going to help out them as a full team, right? <clears throat> you know, make sure that these teams are not scoring 45 points, quick points also against Navy. And the Navy can't even have the option to, you know, win the game with our offense. So I think the defensive scheme was great. Fago played a he played a real good game. Um some of the play calls, you know, like we said earlier, Kenny and I were talking about the last six minutes. You know, I, I, I like, you know, in that situation, I like the you know the blitz and bring pressure, you know, have they get that quick three now? Give us five to four minutes left before we can actually run our full triple option versus, you know, pass the ball, which we're not the best at. So I think it was a, a great overall game for the defense. Keenan, any thoughts on the defense? Obviously, uh, 28 points and seven of those are off a punt return for touchdown. Um, yeah, and like Eric said earlier, you got, I mean, Navy's not going to win a lot of games scoring 20 points, right? Yeah. I mean, at this point, I think it's critical for our offense to actually help our D out a little bit. I mean, aside from the Marshall game, um, the last two games they've played extremely well. And if on offense we do our jobs, uh, you know, it's a game of momentum. And and when you're, you're 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 getting the ball back for the offense, and then three and outs. You know, we talked about this in the at the Air Force game. Eventually, it's going to kind of crumble. So, um. I'm encouraged by what I see on that side of the wall. I think they just got to keep playing, keep playing. No, you can't have huge mental busts. I think as long as they don't have huge mental busts where guys are just in out of position or just not doing their, their proper technique, 
they're going to be solid on defense. They're going to they're going to keep us in the game. Um, it's just going to be incumbent upon the offense to help them out a little bit. You know, let's let's get some 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 eight minute drives. Let's get some 75, 80 yard drives, 15 play drives. That's going to be huge. When we can put that piece together, um, I think we'll start clicking in it. I mean, but you can say that every year. You can say that about a three and ten team, a, a two and ten team, or whatever. Like, oh man, we every game we played, we were only you know one or two possessions from winning. Well, that's football. Like, welcome to the game. Like, so I guess in that regard, there's really no, there should be no no solace taken in the fact that we were so close because you know almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Um, so I think we just got to dial in the execution and, and really put it together for four quarters. But I, I like what I saw in, in comparison to, to the air force game and in light of all the drama that happened over the last couple of weeks, I'm encouraged. I'm not, I'm not completely down on this team. Um, I'm encouraged. I think, you know, one or two pieces, Ty comes back. Maybe that changes. Maybe we can do some more things on offense. Maybe we can complete some more passes on offense. Um, who knows? Can he, can he run the ball effectively? That's what I'm. That's what I'm interested to see. Like how how effective is he running the ball? You know, is he going to be like Will Will Worth, Zach Aby? Um, Is he going to be that type of runner? We'll see. I didn't really. I couldn't really tell in the Marshall game. Then he got hurt. So we'll see. That's what. That's the type of runner he's supposed to be. There at least has been described to be by Coach Niamatololo. Um, before we go out, I have one last topic to cover. The three and outs. I mean, those are killers. It's a game of field position. And when you go three and out and you lose yardage, you're losing the field position battle. No one expects Navy to score on every drive, but a couple first downs and possessing the ball would be nice. And I went and looked at the time of possession. Both of those, one drive lasted a minute 30. The other lasted two minutes. So you're your defense just got off the field. Now they have time to get a drink of water, and they're back on the field. So maybe you address that, and then I'll ask Eric, since he just watched the game on review, what happened on those two three and outs? Why? I mean, those – I don't know if it was predictable play calling, busted assignments on blocks, bagged read by Xavier, but what happened? So you came in first, and then Eric weigh in. Yeah, those, uh, those three and outs, especially when you get the ball, like let's say – post kickoff you may get it on like the 20 inside the 25 yard line and you don't get any yards or you lose five yards and it's you know we don't have uh sam cook from the ravens punting so you know we're not gonna get a 60 yard field flip field flipping punt you know what i'm saying so they're getting the ball probably in on the 35 catching a punt on the 35 10 yard return now they're on the 45 so man that's those that's great field position all i gotta do is get two first downs and i can get some points out of this drive so and then you can keep doing that right so let's say we stop them on the 45 yard line and then they pin us back deep on the 10 and then we go three and out again now we're kicking out of our own end zone well a, a whole lot of things could happen there you could have a snap overhead which we've seen you could have a block punt which we've seen and then you could have a shank punt which we've seen so all those things that can go wrong but they're all in your end of the of the field giving the team another short field, giving them opportunity to come after your punter. I mean, it's just, it's compounding, right? So on offense, it's really, really important that we try to get some, you know, get a first down, at least one first down. Cause once you get one first down, then it's like, all right, we roll it now. Like, let's go. But those three announcements, man, those are confidence killers for as a play caller, as a quarterback, 
as as really as a unit on offense. Coach Jasper say the same to you, you know, when they uh you better catch Navy before the, the leaves change colors. You say that to you? Yeah. Because I'll explain to you guys, it's pretty much like, you know, right now the temperatures change and everything else is, you know, it takes, a, it takes about, you know, I would say about a solid four to six weeks to get, you know, the offensive line working together, meshing together, the A-backs. Finally, the quarterbacks and B-backs are finally having the rhythm. So when the leaves start changing colors, if you're not, you know, ready for Navy, then if the triple option's rolling, you're not going to stop us. We're getting there. Um, and I don't want to steal Eric's thunder, but just thinking about – what can we do to kind of prevent those three and outs? Well, I think it's it's a little bit it's 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 more than just like I got the answer. Like, and I think Eric would probably agree with me on this. Like, if you think about it from the pro lens, right? Like any any a myriad of things can go wrong on one given play. It could be a bad call, you get out schemed, you get beat on the edge, a left tackle, you can get locked up at receiver, quarterback can make a bad read, running back can make a bad cut. I mean you can't really pin it down to one factor play calling or quarterback or blocking. And, and I'll let you know, I'll defer to Eric, but I mean, just thinking about it from a pro lens, like there's so much that can go wrong on, on any given play that it's hard to just say, yeah, well, if we change play callers, this, that's the answer. Eh, not exactly. No. It's also hard to watch when the, when the games, you know, played on TV and if you're not there, if you're not like at a certain angle, it's hard actually to see, you know, where the mistakes are actually happening. Right. Cause mm-hmm. You know, with the quarterback angle, and you know where the the quarterback see. Hard, it's hard to see where the defensive end angle is on film, and it's so fast. And that, as Keenan as a quarterback, you know that angle is uh, could be six inches, and he sees something completely different than what, what I see. Fullback, and you're running through it the whole time, and you know sometimes the quarterback does make you know, mess the read up, but that's life. You know, he's never going to be perfect. So before we take it out, guys, I'll let Chris Arvello, our intrepid producer, any. Thoughts on this latest game against Houston and going forward, Chris? My my only question would be is, I mean, you, you know, what what does this week of practice look like? I mean, is it the same? Is it, you know, does the panic level creep up? I mean, Eric mentioned, you know, about when the leaves change. But, I mean, just kind of starting to think about what, what you guys are going to talk about on Wednesday. If, uh, if you had a guess, what is different, if anything, uh, at practice this week for the boys as they prep for uh, Central Florida? So if if my memory serves me correctly, um, we're not finishing. So, I mean, well, they may not be doing this, but if I, if I was, if, if I think back to my time there, or, or if I was coach, we're going to, at the end of practice, we're going to run sprints mm-hmm. because we need to learn how to finish strong and we need to get in better shape so we can finish strong. That's one, two, but- we're gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna dedicate. That's, that's that's not just you know, Coach Niemeyer, right? Like, that's that's Coach Belichick, right? He goes, fill up that gas tank. He's like, we got a full season. You gotta get ready to fill up that gas tank. Get ready. So it's it's not him punishing the guys. It's him saying, hey guys, like, I'm your coach. You guys are not finishing. We need to get in better shape. We need to get better throughout the whole season. So you know. Yeah, I think I think the sprints are. It's it's kind of a lost art, like because. You're playing this conference play, and you don't want to you want to get guys hurt, and you're trying to take care of guys, but. The way I see it is, man, this ain't the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. This this is Navy football, so work. they need. I I think sprints are in order, not as a punishment, but as a we need to finish. So the best way I know how to make us finish is when we when we're doing our team periods, we finish in the zone. After practice, we finish sprints as a team, and then I'm probably extending my special teams periods for maybe ten to twenty five minutes, um, and then 
you know, if 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 what they're saying is true, like I think we have some we need to like really dial in for our, our specialists, you know, the long snapper punter. We need to get on the same page. Had a had a bad snap week two weeks ago. Um had a obviously based on Coach Nehemiah's uh interview, uh, a bad punt. These are things that can't happen. Like, you know, it's a it's a hard job. Listen, I playing special teams, I had a great respect for a specialist when I got to the league, but they're also really, really good at what they do. Um, and that's their job, and they do it well. I mean, you saw what what Justin Tucker was able to do this past weekend, um, breaking the NFL record and winning a game. I mean, that, that's literally a, a specialist can win or lose you the game at any point, no matter how good or bad you played. So they have to be they have to be great at what they do. So I think those are probably my two areas of emphasis uh, going into this week's game. Eric, thoughts? I completely agree with Keenan. You know, fill up that gas tank, get to work. Um, you know, it, we are 0 3, right? And that is the ultimate outcome of a game. But if you look at, you know, the small stuff of what we can't control and we can't get better at, I'm looking forward to actually next week. Um, you know, I'm more optimistic this week than I was uh, two weeks ago, I'd say. Well, Navy needs to get a win because Navy's 0 3 for the first time since 2001. And I was there in 2001. That was the last season of Charlie Weatherby. Things had gone south with the program. And Navy finished 0-10 that year. So let's pray that's not the result. Um, but it's also eight straight losses dating back to last season. And that is almost unprecedented for this program during the triple option era and under Coach Neil Matalolo. So Navy needs to get it together. We'll talk about the Central Florida game, preview that in our next podcast later in the week. But for Keenan, Eric, and our producer, Chris Cervello, I'm Bill Wagner. Thanks for listening to Believe in Navy Football, a podcast brought to you by BetOnline.com. If you're a fan of the Believe in Navy football podcast, be sure to check out Sing Second Sports wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Several times a week, special guest Bill Wagner, along with host John Schofield and Ward Carroll, help you stay up to date with the latest in Naval Academy sports news as they dive into the physical mission of the Naval Academy and look at varsity sports, club sports, and intramurals at the Naval Academy. So be sure to check out Sing Second Sports.